Well, today, friends, we're going to be talking about how to care for yourself as a mom. And I have to say, I needed this conversation. I don't know about you, but there are so many challenges when it comes to being a mom. And when I become exhausted, I start to wonder if I'm doing anything right. I'm not homeschooling well enough. I'm not mentoring and discipling my kids well enough. Have you ever been in that position? Have you ever had that negative thought cycle going around and around in your head? Well, today's guest, Carrie Kampakis, teaches us how to mother ourselves so that we can do a better job at caring for others. In fact, it's not going to get any easier. As Carrie reminds me, the older we get, the more caregiving we'll do as our parents and grandparents age. And I know this personally since my 92-year-old grandmother lives with us. And she's been living with us for over 20 years. Yes, we have kids in the home, adult kids, my grandma. I know for me, as exhaustion seeps into my home, it's only time with God and a healthy lifestyle that really can restore my soul. I talk about this in my book, Heart Happy, and then Carrie takes us even deeper to specifically talk about how we can nurture our souls as a mom. So she's going to talk about giving ourselves grace. We're going to talk about nourishing our body, our minds, and our souls. We're going to talk about how not to run ourselves so ragged during the day that we don't have any space or room in our hearts to care for our kids. So you are going to love this podcast. Now, my guest again is Carrie Kampakis, and you need to also check out her podcast, Girl Mom. And one book that I really love by her is 10 Ultimate Truths Girls Should Know. And those are such great resources. But today, enjoy this conversation with Carrie. tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Well, I am so happy to have Carrie Kampakis here today, and we're talking about her book, like I mentioned, More Than a Mom, How Prioritizing Your Wellness Helps You and Your Family Thrive. So welcome, Carrie. Thanks for having me, Tricia. Okay, I have to say, we still have five kids at home, five kids out of the home. Reading your book, I took a big breath and saying it's okay it's okay if I say you know what guys I'm just gonna go lay down in my room for 10 minutes like all that's okay so just tell me your heart behind why you wanted to write more than a mom yes I mean I think you'll relate because I've got three kids at home and one in college now but you know I think when you're raising all these kids it's just you're all in you know as a parent and um, I think that that just kind of caught up with a lot of us during the quarantine just how exhausted we were and just tired and all those things that maybe we weren't doing for ourselves that we should have been all along. Like I I think the cracks just started to show. So it was during that time, my editors and I were talking about the next book and, and they really wanted me to write another parenting book. 
And I was like, I really need to write a book for the moms because everybody I talk to is just struggling personally Mm -hmm. as a mom. And they're like, yeah, but your platform is parenting. And I was like, I know, but if we're not in a good place as moms, it's affecting our parenting. And that's really, that was really the biggest issue that I was seeing and I was feeling it myself. And so that was really the heart of it. It was, I was going through some personal struggles, just, I think it was just feeling burned out and tired Uh and exhausted. It was midway through the quarantine where all the, you know, the early, you know, momentum that we had had really died down. And um, like I said, I was taking a lot of long walks with friends that year and we all were feeling the same thing and just trying to be strong for our family, but then just feeling kind of empty inside. And so that was really, you know how it is when you write a book, it's like, you're like, I really need this myself. And so it was just really kind of an excuse to go explore, you know, what, what does it mean to be well from the inside out? And what am I not doing for myself inside that I need to be doing that will help me better, be a better mom and a better person too. Yeah, and I think you you talk about this, especially in the beginning chapters, that we just go and go and give and give and we're working. And then when something comes up, the kids can't find their shoes. I mean, <laughs> whatever example right. it is in our personal lives, we have nothing there. There's like no, right. nothing to draw from. And so then we snap and then we feel bad and then we have to apologize and then, you know, all, all the things that right. go on. But I think we drain ourselves so dry. And I think on in addition just pandemic we're still not out of all the issues with that the mm-hmm. emotional strain I think we don't realize how big of a toll and we think we should be doing a better job like we should be doing better than this which goes back to how we don't often give ourselves grace I mean there's so many things but let's talk about that running ourselves dry and why it is important to kind of um, nurture ourselves and feed our souls and get, let ourselves rest and give ourselves grace as a mom Yes. And, and I don't know if you feel this way, but one thing I was talking to about my hu- with my husband last night, it's like when your kids are little and you're sleep deprived, you have these issues going on, it might manifest a little bit in your relationship, but I don't think it manifests quite the same way it does as when you're raising teenagers. Because mm-hmm. when you're raising teenagers and older kids, they're needing advice. They're needing more patience from you in a different way, more mental capacity. And so when you are empty inside, when you are running on empty, I think you're more likely to snap and just, it's really it can really make some bigger cracks in that relationship. And I think that was what was happening with me is I just saw that I was, you know, not taking care of myself and it was affecting the way I was treating everybody else. Um, but it's hard, but you know, some of the best advice I think, and I shared this in the, in the book was a friend of mine went to this panel of moms, these older seasoned moms who were teaching them about like giving them some advice for the teenage years. And their biggest piece of advice was don't run your yourself so hard during the day that you have nothing left over at the end of the day when your kids come home from school. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a friend of mine once said, you know, no matter how restful eight to three is, you could spend the whole day at the spa when your kids are at school, three to eight can undo it because you're running kids around and it just requires so much capacity from you. And I've even learned that for myself to like, don't feel like I have to do something every minute of the day from eight to three o'clock until I get carpool because I've got to leave some reserves there. I've got to feel rested. I've got to have some reserves in store so that when my kids come home and they really need me all at once, I'm able to provide their for their needs. Right. But then I homeschool. So they are here from all day. They're here all day long. And I know I speak to a lot of homeschool parents. And so really, it's like they're not gone from eight to three. But I think I've had to learn different things. We I let my kids sleep in. So Mm -hmm. we usually start school at 930. 
Um, and that's just, I get up, I have my time with God and I, that, which feeds me, feeds my soul. Mm -hmm. I need that. I'll tell them like, mama ain't happy if I don't have time with Jesus. Um, and so they know, even if they do wake up and I'm still doing my quiet time, they're like, okay, I'm going to leave mama alone because I want to have a good day. So I, I create these, these cushions, even though they're here all day where I'm up before them. But then I'm not waking them up. I remember when our kids were in public school before we adopted some of our foster kids, um, I had to get them up by six and then you're rushing around. So there's different rhythms. But I think whether we have homeschooling our kids in school or during the pandemic, some months, everyone was home all the time. We have to create those cushions where we're nurturing ourselves. Otherwise, like you said, we have nothing to give to our kids. Um, because we are completely drained dry. Yes. And I think you raised a great point about creating those cushions and doing things for yourself, even if your kids don't understand that. And um, it reminded me of a friend that I went walking with a few months ago. And she said, like, even me coming to come on this walk with you, her daughter was at home that morning. And she was like, why are you going on a walk? You know, why don't you want to be with me? And she's like, because mommy needs her friends like you need your Uh friends. And she was like, it's good for her to see me doing that, that because it's easy to all of a sudden feel guilty, like, okay, I'll cancel and stay home with you. But, you know, what we know as we get older is we we need those things that fill us up and that build us up, whether it's time with God or time with friends or whatever it is that we're lacking in our life. And it really does help us. It just equips us for whatever is asked of us later in the day, you know, but strengthening ourselves earlier in the day and, you know, getting that getting filled up will strengthen us for the for what comes later and all the demands that will come on us, you know, once we do walk in the front door of our home. I love that. Now there's another part of the book that, you know, all the way through I'm nodding and this is good and underlining. And then there's one line that made me like stop short and realize like all these aha moments in my head. And this is what it is. I think, I can't remember what chapter it is. Maybe a third of the book. It says, um, you said in my own life, I've learned that as we age, we must mother ourselves because eventually we will all lose the generation that raised us. And I've read so many parenting books, done a podcast, and I'm like, how come no one is talking more about this, about mothering ourselves? And, um, you know, there is this switch. And for me, as a 22-year-old young mom, we moved 1,000 miles away from my mom. So I haven't wow. been, and then now I'm 2,000 miles away from my mom. And then wow. I also care for my grandmother who lives with me. Um, and so I'm like, I haven't been mothered since I was 22 years old because we've always lived away. I mean, she comes and visits, you know, it's like those little mm. vacations. But and I'm like, no one, I don't know. I don't hear many people talking about this. And then even as they age, so my grandma, who was always the one that would make me a special meal, you know, now I'm caring for her. And I'm changing right. her bedding and helping her to the bathroom. So I'd love to hear have you talk more about this because I think that's something we don't realize how roles do change, but then we don't take the responsibility to actually start mothering ourselves. Right. And, and I think it hit me. I, my mom passed away. It was right when, before my last book released it, two years ago. And even in the final years of her life, she had so many health issues. She wasn't able to really mother us the way that she had before. The tables turned. And it was it was a beautiful gift now that I look back. And it really, I think, shaped me and helped me grow up in a lot of ways. But I remember during that time being like, gosh, I have a cold. And she's not nagging me to go to the doctor. And I was missing that. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I was sick. And usually she'd be like, go to the doctor. And you, you need someone in your life doing that. And I feel like nobody nags you. Nobody does that for you like your mother. 
And so uh, it started hitting me, you know, we don't have that generation kind of that being that voice in our head telling us, well, you need to change oil in your car. You need to go see a doctor. You need to do these things. And I have so many friends. I mean, I had a friend talking about this earlier this week that, you know, when we're going to the doctor's appointment for ourselves, I mean, every time I'm going to appointment, especially if I know it's going to take more than an hour, I'm so tempted to cancel that morning. Yeah. Like I do not want to do it. Or not even set it in the first place because you're like, this is going to disrupt everything. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you talk to any mom, we all feel that way, but we would, but then we think we would never do that for our child. Like we would never skip a doctor's appointment for them. You know, we're always, if it takes three hours, I'm like, okay, that's my day. But for myself, I'm just irritated and annoyed that I have to go see the doctor. And so sometimes I just want to cancel. And I'm like, if I cancel, there's nobody telling me not to, you know, it's like, there's Uh nobody looking out for me. And so it really has hit me like, okay, if I want to be in this for the long term, which hopefully, you know, hopefully I will have 30, 40, 50 more years on this earth. We don't know. But if we want to have a, a good life later on, I think we've really got to take care of ourselves now and, you know, maybe catch those little issues so they don't become big issues later down the road. So it really is important to, to mother ourselves and take care of our wellness because we are getting older. Our bodies are not what they used to be. You know, our bodies are dictating a lot more of what we can and can't do. And so our, our wellness is becoming more important. But at the same time, we don't have those mothers and the older generation always helping us stay on track and reminded us of why we need to do these things for ourselves. Absolutely. When we do get sick, we don't give ourselves grace to rest. <laughs> to, yes. You know, yes. I, I had COVID last year, I think twice. I know one for sure, but the second time it felt just like it. But I kept, I, after three weeks of just being so exhausted and body aches like you know finally did a telehealth appointment you know that doesn't take as much time (laughs) Um, and the doctor's like have you been resting (laughs) because you're not going to get over this and I'm like no I'm the worst because you think I should just be able to bounce back and it should be fine and um and we don't give ourselves that grace and I love how you're talking about this whole mothering part and I think one thing that really helped me which you also talk about in the book is just not seeing ourselves only as the wife and the mother and the sister and the friend and the daughter and colleague and all the things that we are but as a child of God Mm -hmm. um and you know and I don't have well, you know, my mom, when I talk to her, we're usually like talking about the kids of this and the kids of that. And, you know, we might right. get around to what the things if I'm feeling well or not feeling well. But um, there's times in the day when I am my my heart is tender to God. Um, mm-hmm. I almost hear that voice like you just need to go rest for a while. You just It's OK to go lay down, like just seeing ourselves as like we are his child and that we can listen to the still small voice and not feel like frantic that we are not cut up on our email or our work is late or all the things and just relaxing as who we are as a child of God. So I'd love for you to share more about that. Yes. And, um, you know, I think it just really hit me. My, my oldest daughter is 19. So I know you're a little bit ahead of me, even in parenting, Yeah. but there's something about this season of parenting, raising teenagers. And when you've been doing it almost 20 years, you just realize that, like I said, when your kids are little and you have multiple kids and the motherhood is so demanding, you have to be all in. And I just felt like personally, that was just the core part of my identity for so many years mm-hmm. that, you know, even now, somebody asked me to tell them about myself. Probably one of the first things I would say is that I'm a, I'm a mom of four girls. That's just right. a key part of my identity. And I love it. But, you know, what I've realized as my kids were growing up, how it also wasn't good for our relationship that, you mm-hmm. know, as they became teenagers and they started to have a life of their own and I'm starting trying to connect and they just want to be with their friends. And um, there were times I started feeling like that needy, clingy mom, <laughs> like I yeah. was finding my identity too much in them. So it was really an eye opener for me that I was like, oh, you know, I need to give them a little space and, you know, be thankful for this extra time that I have to maybe 
invest in myself and to invest in my marriage and my relationship with God and my friendships and just see that bigger picture of who I am. And, and it also started hitting me as my, my daughter was getting ready to leave home. And, you know, the thought of being an empty nester sounded real. I was oh, like, no. I don't want to feel like my purpose is over when my kids are, when my kids leave home, you know, I don't want to just be living for the day that they come home, even though those are my happiest moments, having everybody at home. But I also want to feel happy and feel a sense of purpose, even when I'm not a mom, just in that bigger picture of being a child of God and having gifts that we all can, can use to serve the world, regardless of whether we're using it in motherhood or another capacity. And so that was, I guess, kind of a, a journey I was also having while raising teenagers, but also kind of thinking ahead to that season after they leave home. It's like, okay, who do I want to be and how do I want to see myself? And um, a, a friend of mine, we had a, a conversation about this recently, about as mothers, we tend to find our identity in our children mm-hmm. and really not doing that, really trying to see ourselves in that bigger picture. Like we're loving our children, but we're finding our core source of strength and identity in Christ and getting our, our strength from him. You know, it allows us to weather the ups and downs that our children go through. It allows us to, to be joyful, you know, even if they're not at home and even more joyful when they do come home. But she made a great point. She's like, it really preserves your relationship with your adult children to have your identity not in them because no child wants to be their ch- their parents' purpose or to, to have that pressure on them that their identity is being found in their child. And so I think it's just it's just a healthy outlook, healthier outlook as our kids grow up is to try to find our identity in Christ and really, like I said, finding our strength there so we can turn around and be the strong parent that our children need. Yeah, I love that. I'm so glad you brought that up because chapter nine is all embrace your purpose and, and a, more, a mother needs to fill important and this is the one of the talks that I love giving at homeschool conferences is we tell our kids like God has big plans for you look at how he's created you look at the gifts he's given you you know and we were we encourage them to like do the things that God calls them to do and then we'll say like well after they graduate I'll be able to do these things or you know when they get older I might you know take this class or try watercolor painting or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love how you talk about like trust in small starts. And I think it's so important to do this, whether it gets in high school, elementary school, whether you have a baby, just even little moments of your day, tuning into those gifts and those things that bring you joy and using them. I remember as a mom, a homeschooling mom, and I helped start a crisis pregnancy center when we wow. lived in Montana. And I felt so guilty for taking my kids along you know all the other kids are at the park or other places and I'm like come on I have to go up here we have a meeting or I'm doing this or I'm meeting someone for um you know to talk to them and encourage them and what I realized later is my kids learned about ministry and serving others and compassion and I think so many times we don't want to look at our purpose and we don't want to see that those things can be used not only for us not only yes. for our community, not only for God, but for our kids. Like they need to see yes. us fulfilling our purpose. Yes, I 100% agree. Especially, you know, the teen, you know, counselors call the teenage years the narcissistic years because mm-hmm. they are very <laughs> me, me, me focused. And I think we live in a world that's very child centered too. And so, I mean, I feel like just in raising teenagers, you do get to a point like, whoa, I should have even emphasized, you know, serving and thinking of others even more when they were younger, just if I'd known what this season of life would bring. Just because you're working against a culture that, you know, everybody is so focused on their own kids. And I think it's so important for our children to be able to think of others and to serve others and to to get out of their own head. Because I think, you know, if we're just spending our whole day thinking about us and our lives and how people make us feel, 
you know, that can cause a lot of anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and, and all that. And I really think that, you know, one way to work through those things is to just not think about ourselves all the time to think about, okay, God created me for a purpose. And, you know, if I'm struggling with something, maybe I can lean into the struggle and it'll give me compassion for other people having the same struggle. Maybe it's God can use me to help those people behind me in the struggle that I'm walking through. If, if I'm struggling with some anxiety right now, maybe it's because I'm meant to minister to somebody else who's struggling with anxiety. And I know in my own life, when I have found the purpose, even in my pain or the struggles I go through, it just, it gives it a, I don't know, it just makes it easier to get through because you feel like it's not going to waste and it's actually going to be used to help somebody. And I, I don't think that we do that enough for our children. Um, and like you said, letting them see you use your gifts outside your home too. And, and, and one thing I tell moms too, that I think, you know, a lot of my friends are like, I don't have a purpose. Once my kids leave home, I don't have any talents. And I tell them, I was like, you know, one of the biggest gifts you could bring to the table in any job or any organization you go to is your mother's heart. Mm. Because, you know, especially, yeah. you know, this, I mean, if you talk to the mother, especially a mother of a teenager versus the mother of a toddler, like a lot of times there's a lot more grace for someone yes. that's been parenting a long time because we've seen our own kids mess up. We, we, we kind of understand how, you know, our kids are human and, I think you just have a different perspective. You're, you kind of become less likely to judge other people's kids. I had so and- many rules and things that I just was, hills I was ready to die on when they were toddlers. Right. And now I'm like, oh, it's fine. It'll be yeah, fine. Exactly. Like, I know the things that really, really matter that I do right. want to address the heart issues and things that other things I'm like, why did I get so stressed when my toddler like wanted to wear mismatched clothes or, you know, whatever. <laughs> I know, exactly. And and I just think like we've got these two women at our high school and I just I just you know, it's just people like this, like just the mother's heart that they bring to their mm-hmm. job that I'm like it's just like one time I remember um like last year my daughter didn't make cheerleading and she was she ended up being okay, but it was devastating for those few weeks and at the time they were gonna make her check out like every week, every Monday. She'd have to get a new slip to check out and um, because she wouldn't have her eighth period cheer class anymore. Mm. And, but the woman who's at the desk, she's just amazing. And she's got three kids of her own who are grown. And she was like, you know what? I'm not going to make her do that. I'm, I will take care of it. You do not worry. She can just, you know, leave after seventh period every day and I will take care of all the logistics. But I was like, she is a mother's heart. Like yeah. she understands how, how it feels to a child that might have to go to the desk every week, that she was not going to put her in that position every single Monday. But that's because she has raised children and she understands what's going on inside a teenager's mind and their heart. And I just think that you can't teach that in a seminar Mm -hmm. to a 20-year-old, you know, and and women really underestimate those gifts that we bring to the table in any, anything we're doing to serve or help others, that you have that mother's heart. And that's kind of your secret weapon in your purpose and finding how you can still help others, even after your children leave home. Yeah, that's so good. And something that you were saying, I'm like, all these aha moments are are coming out. But really, we think that by staying in our comfort zone, not stretching ourselves, not trying to like follow these two big dreams, that there will be safe, but it really is tied to anxiety. Um, yes. And then the more that we give, the more that we serve, the more we let God work in and through us, things change. I remember there'd be times I'd be so tired driving to, I, I did teen mom support group for many, many years. Um, and just, I'd be like so tired driving. I'm like, I don't feel like I could have anything to give. And then just loving on those girls and just listening. Like they don't even need big things. They just need a listening ear and someone to say, your baby's beautiful and you're a great mom. <laughs> like so oh, simple. Yes. But then I go home just completely lifted up and filled with joy, like so much yes. better afterwards 
But I think when we try to think like I have nothing to give, I'm just going to just stay at home and not do anything. It actually does the opposite. Like it does bring so much anxiety and stress. Yes. And I think that that can make us rely on our kids too much to continue Mm -hmm. being that source of joy. And I mean, you know, and we know, and we've all been there. I mean, you know, when you you grow up, I mean, you, you don't want to be the center of your parents' universe. You want them to be excited and there for Mm -hmm. you when you do come home. But you also appreciate when they have their own life and allow you to have your own life in your space too. And I just think it makes for a healthier relationship and it makes the kids want to come home when you yeah. do have those things going on. Yeah. When, I mean, one of my favorite things is just for my, especially my older sons to come home and, or come over and play board games and, mm-hmm. or my daughter's visiting, she lives in Europe, but we just love like playing board games and it's simple and I have my life, they have their lives, but we can just get <laughs> together and have, have good relaxing times together. Yes. Yeah. And it's just that adult friendship that I think, I think that that's really what keeps them coming back is just not that pressure. It's just home, home is a place to come relax and unwind and feel loved. But, um, but you know, you're appreciated while you're there, but it's not like this expectation for you to always be the center of the universe. Yeah. So good. Okay. There's one more thing I want to make sure we talk about, and that is healthy lifestyle rhythms. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think we could talk in concepts like, yes, we need to do this. We need to rest. We need to give ourselves grace, but let's talk about like all of us are busy, all of us are overwhelmed. How can we build healthy lifestyle rhythms into our lives? Yes. And I have learned this the hard way because I'm, I'm one, I'm the type and you probably are too. I tend to try to schedule too much and then I learn the hard way. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I can't do that much. <laughs> but, you know, one of the biggest, and I guess this is just fresh in my mind because I'm in this season once again, but I'll never forget when my first book released. And sometimes you're in a season and you've never done it before. So you don't know how tired or busy you'll be. But my first book had released and I'd also agreed to to write another book and I was on a deadline for that. And in the meantime, I was getting requests to come and speak and some were out of town. So I just said yes to everything. I didn't know. And I didn't know that, you know, traveling itself would zap me. And so, you know, I've learned since then I can't do more than two out out of town a month. Like that's just my limit because of all the time it takes to prepare and also the re-entry into back into my home. Yeah. But I didn't know that at the time. So I was traveling and I was writing this book and trying to be a mom and I was so stressed. And I asked a writer friend of mine, I was like, how do you do it? <laughs> like, how do you write books and speak? Like, how do these writers do it? And she said, I do it in seasons. And she said, if I'm in a season of speaking, I don't mm-hmm. write. And if I'm in a season of writing, I don't speak. And I was like, oh, I never, I never thought I could do that. That never occurred to me that that was an option. And so that's been one strategy that I've, I've brought into my life, my career as a writer and a speaker is if I'm in a, if I'm writing a book, I don't take, I might take one or two local speaking requests, but I really don't speak. And then when I'm in a season of speaking, which I will be after this book comes out, then I'm not going to be writing. I'm not going to be on a deadline. And so things like that, I think just giving ourselves those seasons and, and I know you probably do this too, you know, after the book releases, you're really busy for those six weeks, Right. but I've already planned this summer. I'm really going to relax. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do anything. And so I'm going to give myself that space because I know I'll need it after a busy season. So yeah. I think that's one thing is just working in, you know, kind of knowing and, you know, there are moms out there who you might be an accountant, you know, my friends who are accountants, I mean, they're so busy until April 15th. And so they just know that that's just their busy season and they have to get a lot of help and their husbands really have to pitch in or their moms. Um, but after that, they have scheduled in that season of rest because they know they need to recuperate. Yeah. Is and it, it, I think it'll be different for each of us what seasons we're in and look at our own lives like, well, she does it that way or this other mom does it this way. So for us, um, every summer we get a pool pass, just sort of a little community pool. 
and mm-hmm. I go and I lay there and I read books. <laughs> and yes. the kids play in the pool. It's literally a five minute drive. So for an, we can even go for an hour. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go lay there and I'm going to read some books and I'm just going to lay in the sun and relax and the kids have fun. And so that's a season that someone else might not have that thing, but figure out what works in your life that you can build in those, those moments. Yes. And I think you raised a great point. And I think it's knowing yourself too, knowing mm-hmm. your rhythms and what works well for you, what, what makes you energized and what takes away from your life. But um, like, I'm a very slow writer. Like I know that about myself. And so, you know, when I first started writing books, I wanted to be one of those writers who released a new book every year. And now I'm like, that's just not me. Like yeah. I can't, I would have to live on four hours of sleep. I'm, I'm too slow to be able to do that. And that's hard for me because I really had to make peace with, I might produce less work, but I'll be healthier. I'll be able yeah. to get my, yeah. my sleep that I need, which is really crucial for my well-being. And, um, and just kind of coming to peace with those things and knowing it's okay if you have to lower your expectations for yourself to keep those healthy rhythms in your life, that it's, it's worth it um, instead of just, and you know, I think when we're younger, we're used to just, you just go 150% all the time. And, and sometimes you can get away with it. Your body can keep up with you. But as you get older, you're like, I can't <laughs> yes, really keep up. I can't keep I know. up those same rhythms. I, mean, I remember when I was writing Light, I, um, I'd just gotten an Apple Watch, not an Apple Watch, the, uh, what is it, the, the wrist thing that would keep your, your rhythms asleep. And oh, yeah. I just went, I went and looked at my, my sleep patterns and I mean, four hours, five hours, four hours, five hours. And, I'm, and ever since then, I'm like, I cannot do that to myself again. Like I've really, just to meet that deadline, I had to really get a lack of sleep and it did not go over well because I was grumpy and irritable toward my family. Yeah. And for us, like one of the rhythms that we're looking forward to that some families might see, say that seems like a nightmare is when, uh, during this, the homeschool convention speaking season, um, I take my family. So Mm, we pack up in the van, we pack up my books, the kids go and, you know, we're at a hotel. There's a swimming pool. I'm speaking. They're running around like crazy with all the other vendors, kids. And they count down the days till we start going and traveling again. And some speakers are like, how could you even, uh, you know, take your kids? It's so stressful. But for us, it's almost like, oh, we could have a vacation in the middle yeah. of mom working. And so really just seeing like what, what your family, how you can work things together or tie things together or um, that's fun for us. It's more relaxing than I know all the kids are here. I'm not stressed because they're at home and I didn't leave a meal in the oven for or in the refrigerator for them or any of those things. Yes, I love that. And I think that we sometimes don't do that enough as engaging our children in our in our careers and in our mm-hmm. lives when we can like that. But I mean, I just imagine your children, I grew up in a family of five kids, but I just imagine them in, you know, 20 years that these being some of their best memories. Remember all those trips we took when mom was giving her speeches and just the memories they're creating from doing that with your family and you're getting to do your work at the same time. Yeah. And I might not know where they are. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I know I have children running around here somewhere. And it's so funny because, I mean, all the vendors, we know each other. And then the staff at the conventions, they're like, oh, yeah, I just saw them going back to you. your room they're switching into their swimsuits I'm like thank you for letting me know where my children are and they're you know the youngest is 11 now it's not like I'm letting toddlers run around and you know that they're together you know the siblings have a pulse where everybody is yeah yeah and it but it is it's almost like the the um the community knows each other and watches each other's kids too because we're all there together right. so it's a fun you thing you got your village your homeschool got village. our homeschool village in the convention floor it's so fun <laughs> well I, I carrie it. i just really enjoyed this book i'm so thankful that you're speaking into these things and what 
maybe there's one last bit of encouragement that you just want to just speak straight to a mom's heart that's listening today. Yes. You know, one thing that I really, I hope this book conveys is that no matter where you are in your parenting or your life, and even if you're in a major trial, even if you're a single mom or just going through something really hard, I think it's easy to feel like your child's life is over or you're Mm -hmm. giving them a terrible childhood or you failed or whatever, Mm -hmm. but just know that God is so good and he, he knows our heart. And as long as we are faithful and really seeking him, that he works in all of our circumstances and he can bless any circumstances. And I, I truly believe that by the way that you respond to your trials, that you are helping your children and some of your, your best parenting may come by the way, what they're witnessing in your life as you're walking through these dark times and these trials, because they're going to face mm. dark times and trials in their life. And you're really giving them a blueprint of how to handle it and how to be faithful and how to turn to God during those times. And so instead of beating yourself up because maybe your life doesn't look like you hoped it would or your life didn't turn out the way you wanted it to, just really just give yourself grace and trust God and just pray for him to use it in a positive way in your children's lives. And like I said, know that you can still be an amazing role model, even when you're facing something difficult with your child watching. That is such a good piece of advice. I was just praying with a mom that's going through a divorce um, Wednesday night and she's just broken having her kids go through that. I'm going to be telling her like, you have to listen to this podcast because Carrie has a special message just for you at the end. It's so true that when we're turning to God and doing our best, our kids see that, Um, you know, they don't, none of them are going to have perfect lives as adults. Like, and oh, that is such a good piece of advice that they're going to see God's hand in our lives and they're going to see us trusting him and it is going to be a good example for them. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you asked. That's really one thing I hope the book conveys to moms and just encourages them in that sense. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So where can people go to find more information about you and this book? Uh, well, the book is available for pre-order everywhere books are sold. It releases op- uh, April 5th, and um, there's a landing page where you can get your pre-order incentives until April 5th, and it's morethanamombook.com, and it's, uh, it's through Thomas Nelson, so you can order through their website. You can order through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any of the websites, and then after it releases, it'll be in all the bookstores, too. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Tricia. I loved it, as always. Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com and I can't wait until we connect again.